Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you, wherever you are, and welcome to the 4Play Music Podcast. This is going to be episode number 21. My name is David, and I'll be joined as usual by fabulous co-hosts and music brothers, Alan, Darren, and Mark. What's more, we have two additional guests who we'll get to meet very shortly. If you're not familiar with the setup of these shows, we pick a theme beforehand and then we each choose four songs or albums related to that particular theme. In today's show, we're going to be selecting albums of stage musicals. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Okay, so folks, here we are. It's episode number 22, no, 21. Um, Just before we go any further, I did have a look at some figures recently. I think on... um, on Spotify, we've had something like four or five hundred listens, and on SoundCloud, we're over two thousand five hundred. So there's over three thousand listens so far we've had in various countries and places. <laughs> All right. People must be people must be desperate. Really <laughs> desperate. <laughs> <laughs> so shoes up tonight with our special guest. It wasn't uh, two thousand nine hundred of them by your auntie, though, Mark. I know, like call out Aunt Irene. She, <laughs> I think she loves she loves your Dallas banter, Alan. Uh, yeah. some, somebody somebody has to. <laughs> I thought we'd have Aunt Irene on tonight. Oh, do you know? I, I, I'd love to. I'd love to have had. She could have dialed in. Yeah, um, but I remember inviting time. her. Bef- yeah, I remember inviting her, but she's quite she's quite shy. She's okay. quite shy. Okay. Um, well, well, she made it. <laughs> so let's do it. She, she knows her stuff. That's that's the truth. Now. Yeah. Put us all to shame. Okay. Quick round the ha- houses. Um, Alan's moniker today is Phil McCarr. May not be so relevant when this gets broadcast, but um, welcome. Hope you got a full tank of petrol. I did because. Um... I was able to get a film in a tank down in Somerset, down there at the weekend, because I set off to Bristol on Saturday morning, and nobody was about, so I just cruised up to the Texaco and filled it up. Nice. Nice. And, uh, yeah, but it's been bedlam around here. Absolute bedlam. Um, took me, it normally takes me about seven minutes to go home from work. It's taken me about 20 minutes. Wow. Amazing. Bedlam. But yeah, greetings from uh, not so sunny Luton. It's black out there. It's pouring down with rain. It's a Thursday evening. What more can I say? What better place to be (laughs) than than together? And so, as part of our um, musicals episode, uh, we're going to do this over a couple of couple of nights but uh darren is joined this evening by the lovely lena yeah my wonderful daughter with me say hi to everybody hi. <laughs> so she's uh lena's much better on modern musicals than, okay. than myself so i'm looking forward to sort of my almost classic ones i think and so it's not really classic but modern-ish and i think lena's choices are going to be pretty modern aren't yeah, they but modern, we'll see yeah Looking forward. It's nice to have her on. Nice to be here. Yeah, she can see what I do when I go and shut myself away for two hours <laughs> and say I'm doing a podcast with some lads. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing too untoward. And then, <laughs> and then from uh, from Scotland, 
We've got. Okay, the new. There we are, even uh, with the accent. Hi. Um, hello, all. Hello, Lena, and uh, hello, Becky. It's great to be here. It's great to be here on a Thursday night, and uh, we don't have a problem with fuel up in Scotchland. Um, nice. I think it's only you lot. Um, yep. We're getting it through the back door from the EU. <laughs> a, t- a, a taste of things to come. <laughs> You're not panicked. Uh, like don't, don't panic. Uh, honestly, I, I've seen so many great things like um, bars with don't panic or no panic by your beer here. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely brilliant. Um, but it's just crazy. I mean, what an absolute. It's hell in a handcart stuff. It really is. But at least we've got each other. That's the main thing. Yeah. That's when I saw was buy vinyl. Buy <laughs> um, vinyl, yeah. And panic buy here. Yeah. Class. I think we do that anyway, don't we? Yeah, we just we yeah. yeah, we don't need that excuse. We don't need to panic. <laughs> and I've joined this evening by by Becky, who's a a, a complete aficionado <laughs> when it comes to musicals, other many other things, but but musicals you have a profound knowledge on yeah. many of them. But again, I'd say it's still more modern musicals, like the kind of Golden Age and MGM stuff. I don't tend to listen to much. I'm much more like oh, no. more recent. And then, although lately I've been getting into European musicals as well, like a lot of the French, German ones. We can do Austrian a, ones. We can do a branch off at some point. I feel absolutely tiny right now. I, feel... <laughs> I mean... The European musicals. Yeah. Well, Luna looks like Kazakhstani musicals. <laughs> I'm not even sure mine qualifies musicals. <laughs> no, mine, mine, are, mine are jukebox musicals. Mine yeah. are. Yeah. Oh. Too fair. I say I would. Virgin. My, my are, well, they, they, they could get chucked out on a technicality. We, we, we might vote uh, on them. Let's, let's see. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We're all different. We've all got our own yeah. tastes and our own choices. Yeah. So. That's I what would... makes us so good. I would say the European ones mainly I started getting into them because during lockdown there were no new musicals and all the musicals were closed so there was a big drought of like theatre content so it was like okay what else exists and then there it's amazing though you'll find these like a German musical that someone bootleg filmed and then some other fan sat and translated into English line by line that you can find on YouTube with like, I, there's one musical I watched that there's a Russian translation that then has English subtitles that, again, another fan has gone through and subtitled, and it's all kind of in the depths of YouTube. Oh, Alan, you did all those subtitles. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just so yeah. glad Wrangler, the first Wranglers album has been is now a musical. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, the only thing that I've uh, ever watched translated from Russian was um, Battleship Potemkin. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit uh, of a slog as well, isn't it? I've watched that's that. A slog. Oh yeah. And there's one other one. Oh, it's um. Oh, Solaris. It to do with the. No, it's um. Uh, it's the name of the guy. It's a name. He's a knight. It'll come to me. It'll come to me while we're talking about it. But it's around okay. the same era. Right. I think the same director as well. But uh, yeah, Battleship Potemkin. Without digressing too much, there's so many famous scenes that have been adapted by the likes of Brian De Palma yeah. and the Untouchables and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, different films have taken scenes from this iconic film from the, so- the former Soviet Union. Is that there the one go. that has the like the big battle scene where everyone's running and it was the original, like, this is yeah. horrifying, we have to censor yeah. this because everyone will be too scared? Yep. Yeah. That's oh. the one. That's the one. 
and the baby the baby in the pram yes. bouncing down the steps i remember did seeing that the, what did you say the un what the, the untouchables the untouchable yeah i much prefer the unpronounceable <laughs> <laughs> again alan's given us a cue to move on he's been watching his fast show again yeah class right let's kick off so i'm gonna start the ball rolling tonight um this musical it's big bold brash and it's pretty fun well is it fun it's loud um it's green days billy joe armstrong's take on their album um, which he wrote the book for and the music it's american idiot choice um it's a sung through musical we know sometimes there's dialogue and then this one is just sung all the way through uh, and it follows this uh, young anti-hero johnny uh, the self-proclaimed jesus of suburbia note the tracks as we go through <laughs> and his two buddies will and tunny as they attempt to break out of their mundane life in suburban in suburbia um after escaping to the city, Johnny finds himself embroiled in a passionate affair with a stunning and unpredictable young woman uh, and has an even more passionate affair himself with hard drugs. Uh, one of his friends, Tunny, finds a sense of purpose by joining the army, but then he gets wounded in the line of duty and, and is uh, affected both physically and emotionally, whilst the third of the, the trio, Will, um, who decided to remain back in suburbia, uh, he has a newly pregnant girlfriend and becomes just moored, literally, you see it on stage, moored um, on the couch, hopeless and stuck. Um, they would try to come together to, oh, sorry, to find their balance between their rage and their love uh, and the conflict which defines their generation. So I try to represent that view in the early noughties. Um, and there's one other key role in this one, which is quite important, is that of St. Jimmy. Um, which is played by Billy Joe himself in the original show. Um, and he's an adventurous drug dealer who eventually uh, is eventually revealed to be a drug addled manifestation of his own um, id. What makes these actors in oh, does, the The thing about this is that you get the same passion and verve that you would get if this was being played out as a rock show. So it gives them a chance just to use their natural styles and, and bring it all through. Um, there's this complete rage that they can manifest, um, rage against society. Um, and it's guaranteed, you know, and I've, I've, I come up, well, I've been to a see it three times, fortunately. So I am probably the least music a musical going person in the family Probably. but yeah but I've, I've seen this one three times it's it's a great one um first time i saw it had most of the original cast and that was in dublin on this huge stage and this is one of the sort of more modern musicals where they don't have props there's some scaffolding which is inventively used as um, to get up to different floors, to get on, uh, it gets flopped down on the floor um, sideways. It has a couple of lights and it becomes a, a bus. Loads of really creative ways they use it. And the board, I don't know if you've been to the Board Gush uh, Energy Theatre in, in Dublin, Mark. It's a big old stage. And the, the creative use of it is they use the whole of this stage, even though there's hardly any props. It's amazing. 
Um, a second time we saw it at Exeter. Um, it wasn't a great production, was it? I think that was mostly the sound was the sound. not great. That theatre's not amazing for how the sound works. Yeah. So oh, where we uh, we were back right as I well. Say, I swear we, someone we knew was there down at the front and they could hit, like it they was really good it, down yeah. there. So it was a bit of a poor experience. Um, Newton Faulkner was in, oh. in there. He was playing, playing one of the roles. He was playing Johnny, the lead role. And the uh, third time we saw it was a few years ago was in Reading. Did you come to that one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that yeah, I remember now. Um, so we went down to Reading. There's a, a friend of some of the of Rebecca, uh, sorry, of, of Paige and Seth, who was in it. Uh, he was a X Factor contestant, came third. Darren knows Luke Friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know he was in that show. I probably did, but I forgot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he he played he played up to the role very well of uh, of Saint Jimmy, Jimmy, wasn't it? He yeah, played. Um, did, a, did a great role um, and there's sort of a bit of connection there so Paige is very good friends with with Luke they're still good friends today even now he's a star um, but also for our Seth um, he was King Pharaoh in Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat to Seth Joseph when there's an all school production in Newton Abbott a long time ago Excellent. so you're mixing with a white polite down there aren't you? Well, yeah, something like just that. Just a, a bit of name dropping. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So I thoroughly enjoyed yeah, why not? Why not, it. And, and it's good to go around backstage to meet the cast as well afterwards, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so look, um, great film. Uh, the, the, the actual original album. I don't know if you remember we were on holiday in France. It must oh, yeah, we had that and there was like, we played it most of the holiday. There was a point where we had that and the Mary Poppins soundtrack, and that was all we oh, listened to for like, <laughs> for like an entire holiday. Becky's rumble jet. That's when I was out running, <laughs> listening to Green Day's American Idiot. Yeah. There we go, guys. That that's my one first one into the into the can. Excellent. Yeah, it's a, yeah. a super classic album. Uh, we saw the same performance. I've only seen it once, but Kate and I went to see it up at the North Cot um, in Exeter. And interestingly, we were only four or five rows back and sounded superb to us. Oh, they yeah. were the ones who were you there. You were the ones who were there and it sounded good <laughs> for us. the same night? Yeah. Uh, I okay. think so. Because, yeah. I was trying to think, was it, was it the same night we went this year? I couldn't, couldn't remember. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, so we found it superb. But, yeah, great. I'm a bit weird myself with kind of jukebox musicals, if you like, which I right. guess this counts as. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not a not a massive fan of them. Generally, I prefer listening to the music, and I think musicals for me are separate. But certain ones do resonate with me, and that's yeah. one of them. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. One choice. Uh, Lee was just saying she loves jukebox musicals. Yeah. Any... The Queen one, we were rocked to her love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> don't don't encourage Mark. That's <laughs> oh, a big queen fan. So oh, I've just, I've just peeped, Mark jumping around. Like, oh, I've just I've just peeked my pants. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be pleased to hear that's one I like as well, Mark. So it's all right. That's good. One thing I find really interesting with American Idiot is the broad, like the British cast does the punk aspects a lot better. Than because I remember watching it in the UK and then going online and finding the original Broadway kind of bootlegs and footage of that and the the like all of the British cast they look like kind of proper punks and goths and like oh, right. 
it looked yeah. really natural. But then when I found the American footage, it looked like someone had taken a secondary school and gone school play, dress up as punk. So like it was a few ripped jeans and some big t-shirts, oh, really? and but it just didn't have that kind of. Yeah, I'm not sure America did proper punk, did they? No, no it didn't. I don't imagine they had the same movement as we did. Well, it was oh, New York Dolls, really, that started it. Yeah. I mean, you can't get any more American than those lot. No. I was, the, I was the, pre. The Ramones, the, the Ramones have any American? No. Well, that, that was kind of their versions. Mm. Uh, you had New York Dolls, yeah. which uh, they were the forerunners, or proto-punk, weren't they, in 75, something mm. like that, 74, 75? Yeah. Then you had the Ramones come along. They're more sort of... They're more sort of glam rock as well, aren't they? Than, yeah. They're, they're edging. It's, they say they were the forerunners of punk. Um, well, they just like to dress up in women in women's clothing, I think, half the time yeah. and put on makeup. Right. Sounds like a <laughs> lot of people I know. Sounds like us at the weekend. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Good okay, yeah, then. Honest, green, green Day, if you said to me, right, well, you've got, you know, there's yeah. no Green Day in it. Yeah. There's no Green Day. Am I, am, am I missing something here? Oh, you don't have any. I don't have any Green Day. So I think oh. they, they've either, I've either listened to them and thought, oh, you're one of these. Uh, but I don't think that's the case. Again, I don't think I've had any, anybody to sit me down and say, you've got to listen to this album. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't even, I couldn't even name a Green Day track. I'm ashamed to say. Well, the title of this musical is the one for you. Yeah, I sound like a. Is it American Idiot? You say? Yeah. 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 yeah, I feel like an idiot. But, yeah. well, just, for, just for you, just to let Lena know and Becky, for Alan not to have an album by this artist, it, he, you can mention any artist and Alan will pull the album out. I would, I would, I would not. <laughs> got, I can, you think I've got a lot of records? No. <laughs> I haven't got CD. I haven't got. I haven't got a CD single. I haven't got. I've got nothing. I think there it, you go. I struggle to get a compilation and find something. Yeah, I'd say they are very kind of. There's quite. I say there's these two set quite separate eras in their yeah. music because there's the kind of like original stuff they Don't did you. back in like is it the nineties? Yeah, late nineties. Yeah, and then 90s. there's the kind of more American Idiot, twenty first century breakdown, which are later because yeah. i listen to a lot more of the newer stuff than yeah. that like yeah. original they, they kind of set the tone for a lot of the sort of the, the american punk bands that followed on like blink 182 i was gonna say they're very kind of, almost not quite pop punk but they were like pre-pop punk maybe yeah. well i think i think they they kind of set a trend that a lot of people i mean your um chemical romance my chemical romance, my chemical romance. yeah what like. was their big what was their biggest single uh Basket Case, probably their first single, yeah. or American Idiot. Yeah. yeah, American Idiot, probably. Boulevard oh, yeah, Boulevard of sure. Broken Dreams was huge. Oh, oh, Wake yeah. Me Up yeah. When September Ends, that one's quite big. The ballad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure my son Matt, if he was here, he'd, he'd film me, and I'm sure he, he, he liked it at one stage. And I he, think we might heard... even, he might he might even done a karaoke song at once when we were on holiday once. Yeah. Or am I getting confused with I think something? if you heard Boulevard of Broken Dreams or American Idiot, I think you'd know the yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, guys, yeah. let's move on to the next one. So, Daz and Lena, you're up. Okay. Okay, so I've gone. Well, we always like, we like a quiz, but I'm not sure how this one will go down. So, what do Petula Clark, Sporty Spice, Nikki Evans, Kiki D, 
Barbara Dixon, Marty Webb, Carol King, Helen Reddy, and all four of the Nolan sisters have in common. They've all had musicals? Are they all women? <laughs> and all, they are all women. And there's a reason for yes. that. And they all played the same character, uh, generally yeah. in the West End, some of them on tour. Uh, this is the character part of Mrs. Johnston in Blood Brothers. Oh, um... right. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. All four of the Nolans have played it, and I think I've seen yeah. two of them perform it. Who's your, who's your favourite? My favourite Nolan? Yeah. <laughs> favorite. I really wouldn't like to now's, say Now's not the time, Mark. <laughs> no, no. We'll leave that one. Uh, but yeah, so I've gone for Blood Brothers. It's a show which, um, for those that don't know it, began life as a school play written by Willie Russell, the great Willie Russell, uh, originally performed in schools in 1981 uh, in Liverpool. It had a short West End run in 1983. It got picked up and had a really short run. Um, it had some pretty good critical acclaim, but died a death pretty soon until it was revived in, okay, that's right, 1988 at the Albury Theatre. Uh, it picked up and picked up and picked up and people were starting to love it. And it transferred to the Phoenix Theatre for 27 years. It's now done this. I think it's one of only three or four musicals that have done over 10,000 performances. Uh, and that was in 2012. So, and it's still in the West End, I think, and certainly touring all the time. Yeah. I've never seen it in the West End, but I've seen it seven or eight times. It's always on tour. Um, my, I, I, it's up in my top five. It could be my favourite of all time. Always makes me cry. Very emotional. <sighs> Yeah. Um, it's a story of it's it's kind of really a nature versus nurture musical. It highlights extremes in society and class division. So it involves two twins, and you actually this, the characters of the twins are amazing. Um, they go from babies in the show to the adults, then playing the young children, and then as they get older, they play kind of. Uh, teens and then young adults and then adults and it goes right through and they're separated at birth I'm not going to give too many spoilers separated at birth and one of the twins goes to a very rich well-to-do upper-class family and one of them is uh, a family with absolutely no money and severe poverty uh, can if she's on buys everything Mrs Johnston buys everything on HP and she's got the bailiffs around and and they end up moving and then the families meet again and that's where I have to stop. But it goes on. It's one of it's a weird musical really because it starts with the ending, which I can't even tell you now. I can't even tell you how this show starts if you haven't seen it. Um, but the very start you think, whoa, that's hard hitting. And it is hard hitting all the way through. It's very funny, but very gritty. Um, if you haven't seen it, it'll be on tour again soon, I'm sure. You have to see it. Um, Mrs. Johnston's a brilliant character. Apart from that, you've got Eddie and Mickey Lyons who play the brothers, and they're amazing. I really want to play Mickey if I ever get a chance. <laughs> I'm almost too old. I think I might just get away with it now, but we'll see. Uh, and if I'm too old for that, there's a brilliant character just called the narrator, who is kind of lurking in the shadows throughout the whole show. He'll be in a doorway. He'll be up on um, some scaffolding looking down. Uh, and he's got a brilliant song, which kind of, uh, The Devil's Got Your Number, which keeps repeating in little bits, and it's so powerful. Um, I'd love to play that part as well. And for a narrator part, you normally think it's low-key, not a lot going on, but it's so good. 
Um, yeah, so if you haven't seen it, it's got songs in it. There's a song that keeps repeating about Marilyn Monroe, where Mrs. Johnston believes that she's, um, or she imagines that she could be just like Marilyn Monroe and have money and fame and fortune. Um, some other classics, A Bright New Day, towards the end of Act One, I think it ends up ends Act One. Uh, Sunday Afternoon, Long Sunday Afternoon is a beautiful song. And I've highlighted The Devil's Got Your Number as well, which I've mentioned already. Um, so that's my first choice. So I don't know if any of you know it or what you think about it. First of all, what about Lena? I love Love Brothers. We went to see it in Corky, I think, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, and I absolutely loved it. It was amazing. <laughs> was that you've seen it just the once? Yeah, yeah. Once, yeah. So I think I've seen it about seven or eight times, so I'll have to take you next time yeah, as well. Exactly. Did it make you cry? Yeah. Yeah. I insisted it wouldn't make me cry, and I couldn't stop. I mean, after the intro, I was still crying. <laughs> yeah. so. It is a real tearjerker, but also hilarious. Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd second that. I think I think it's uh, a fantastic production. Uh, well, depending obviously where you saw it, but um, uh, I saw it when I was spent a lot of time down in, in London, and uh, I think it's come up to Edinburgh. I think it's come up to the Playhouse, but mm -hmm. I also saw it on TV, the stage production, and um, yeah, I, I I cry at the drop of a hat. I'll cry at Bambi. Uh, you know. <laughs> Bambi's sad, though. Yeah, and. But it, it was it was quite brutal in places, I thought, and something that I I, ex I experienced for the first time at a musical, it, it, you know, those those very raw emotions. Usually I find, or I, I go to a musical because I find them up, uplifting and uh, almost like detached from reality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this really, um, it was it was a warts and all, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's a great choice. Yeah, it has a similar yeah, thing you. to like Billy Elliot, where it shows like pro like what poverty and dealing with that kind of it does feel a lot more realistic with how they present it rather than it's grounded in reality yeah. as opposed to an escape from. Uh, that's Willie Russell's writing all over. Though, yeah, isn't he's always been totally. Yeah, tells it like it is. Yeah. As I say, I love there's the song "Take a Letter, Miss Jones," which yes. is just them going yeah. through people basically being laid off and that yeah, kind yeah. of how that plays out and impacts people and it's absolutely amazing yeah yeah i think for me every song in it is just amazing absolutely yeah. brilliant i'm trying to find a decent um copy of it not not necessarily on vinyl but i've got a copy on vinyl but it's barbara dixon when she originally played mm -hmm. it and you listen to the composition and it's so it sounds so dated now because that would be back in like the late 80s yeah. and it's not the way it is now. So if you listen to that, you'd be quite upset. You'd think, oh, I don't fancy that. But it's been so modernised now and it's fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. Well, I always get mixed up between Willie Rushton and Willie Russell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dear. <laughs> and that's, that's my only comment I can really... <laughs> Brilliant comment, though. Brilliant comment. Oh, you need to you need to go and see it, Alan, if it's near you. Yeah, it will be soon. I'm to hear Alan's. He, he won't have a big ginger beer, though. Oh, this, this is going to be embarrassing after these two first. Okay, well, take Alan's it take it away. Alan. You've you've uh, segued into yourself. Yeah, go for it. Well, uh, I'll open up the book of joy. <laughs> Excellent. And. Uh, Lincoln Eck. Do I feel out of my depth? Yeah. Anyway, 
Just like I'm when you did read all the seventies. <laughs> I'm gonna have to read all this because it's not in my head. It's not something that I can really rattle off as usual. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I do always have it written down. So anyway. Through my huge repertoire of uh, going to the musicals, etc. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> I decided to select uh, one of my favourites. No, this actually, uh, I didn't go to the world premiere, but I thought it, which was in 1982, on the 26th of March at the Palace Theatre in London. Um, but I did go shortly after, or even before the, the world premiere. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, um, it must have been after. So uh, this is a musical, and it comprises two acts. Uh, so the first act is entirely in song, and the other act is entirely in dance. But they're both tied together by a unifying love story, as I will portray. The song act is called Tell Me on a Sunday. And it's got lyrics by, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this bloke in the theatre business, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, rings the bell. Have you heard of him? He's up and coming. And then he's got, there's music by a chap called Don Black. And uh, it's about a young British woman's romantic misadventures in New York City and Hollywood, so it says here. Um, The dance act is a ballet choreography to variations composed by Andrew Lloyd Webber for his brother, the cellist, uh, Julian. And that bit is actually based on uh, a minor caprice number 24 by Paganini. Yeah. Did you know? Yeah, got it, got it on vinyl. Uh, um, <laughs> so if you haven't got it by now, this this thing is called musical is called Song and Dance, and I have actually been to see this, as I've said, and it was the song portion was actually written for a performer called Marty Webb, and um, and then the dance portion featured none other than one of the best balletists I've ever seen uh, in a musical, uh, Wayne Sleep. Oh. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Bloody Elliot earlier, as I always refer to that film. <laughs> um, Bloody Elliot. Um, but yes, I, I actually really enjoyed it when we went to see it. It's got, um, say, the the, uh, the song part has got some um, some very deep meaning songs actually. Uh, Tell me on a Sunday, and um, and also uh, take that look off your face, which actually got to number three in 1980 um, before it was performed on the on the stage. Mm. Yeah, number three in the hit parade. Was that Marty Webb? Yeah, Marty Webb. Um, but actually. Tell me on a Sunday. I remember when you know I first heard the lyrics to it. Now I think it's the only song that I know that can rhyme that rhymes 
the phrase chimpanzees and trapeze with <laughs> tell me on a Sunday, please. Now, I think you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber, he's been up late at night, oh, bloody hell, I've got to finish this off. What am I going to? What can I actually find that, that reminds with rhymes with please? And all he's been able to come up with is chimpanzee and trapeze. I mean, I'm going to come up with. To be honest, I'd have come up with some kind of cheese. Yeah. Do you think that's why he's got <laughs> Tim Rice to do all the rest of his lyrics? He probably, probably learned his lesson. Yeah. I mean, he could have had. Yeah. How many cheeses are in the world? He could have had. Well. I'm just cheddar. Yeah. Cheddar, yeah. <laughs> you could have had Venezuelan uh, chaffinch cheese. <laughs> so take me to a place where we can have some ben Venezuelan chaffinch cheese, but tell me on a Sunday, please. But he just puts in <laughs> the first thing comes into his head, chimpanzee and, and trapeze. Cheesecake. Yeah. Just, I don't know, lightweight. He's a lightweight when it comes to musicals. Um, and of course, the second part, if you didn't know, um, was actually the theme tune to the South Bank show. Uh, for years and years, you can remember Bell, Bell with Bob. He used to say, Oh, boy, Bell with Bob on Sunday evening. Welcome to the South Bank show. <laughs> I'm now going to bore you for the next hour on a lot of stuff about me arms. Didn't he? He did. That was Melvin Bragg. Yeah. I, used to, I used to watch it because I liked the theme tune. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. I love it so much. I bought the music. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm not going to make a song and dance about it, but I did buy it. That, Is that the only musical you own? Well, I'll be telling. It might reveal but something else. Is that else. the only musical I, I own? On vinyl, yeah. Oh, that would be telling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the rest are in CD. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, so, yeah, he has them for the car. <laughs> so take me to a park uh, that's got some Venezuelan... Honduras um, blue cheese. <laughs> yeah. Tell me on a Sunday, please. So basically, what you're saying is, if you're going to break up with me, take me somewhere nice with cheese. Yeah, with cheese. With some Cornish yard. Yeah. Not chimpanzees or trapeze. <laughs> oh dear. So you are. He's, he's not going to go anywhere, is he? That Lloyd Webber. <laughs> no. He's, I think. Uh, did he do anything after that? I don't think so. I don't <laughs> no, but... wonder. My stab at the world of uh, theatre <laughs> musicals. Uh, brilliant. Do you know, I'm I'm a bit confused because not just not just because of everything Alan said, but mm. I always thought I, I I've got tell me on a Sunday and take I look off your face. In a show called Tell Me on a Sunday, but obviously they were in that as well. Am oh, I... yeah, now you've caught me out with my knowledge because it was a musical before it became a two parter, so to speak. Oh, really? So that was well, Tell Me on a Sunday was first, and then it was into Song and Dance, and then they thought, Oh, well, uh, 
I can't string it out for two hours. <laughs> I'm going to have to put another half to this. Because <laughs> people were walking out after 45 minutes thinking, That's not, I've not had my money's worth yeah. for a West End show. So I've got to find something else to spin it out to make it a bit longer. They could have just done a cheese and wine party afterwards. <laughs> could have, but again, I don't think the, you know, the paying public would have gone for that. Uh, good point. No. Another mystery um, so solved. He did, he did the dance bit to spin the song bit out a bit longer. Okay, nice. In my uh, opinion, which is uh, uh, not very uh, revered in, these, <laughs> in the music circle. Right. Although I, I must admit, I think I might send this into the what is the um, showbiz magazine that comes out stage. Uh, Smash hats. It might be stage. Yeah, I'll have to send this in. Yeah, it's a good review. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in all in all honesty, uh, a huge apology to Andrew Lloyd Webber, who, who I really like, and everybody who performed in that musical, uh, and who has performed since. Um, <laughs> he, he does listen to this as well. He tunes into yeah. this on a Sunday morning. Uh, he's, he's our sole listener in Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 thank you, Alan. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> Becky, do you know it? I've not watched the full thing. I've listened to the cello arrangement oh, right, okay. and some of the songs, but it's from the kind As of you do. earlier yeah. Lloyd Webber yeah. when he's in more of his like in, doing interesting things with like the Cats and um, Starlight Express era as opposed to kind oh, of... Yeah. The... Yeah, well, now where it's all got a bit. Um, we, I was going to say we just there was a we had a we've got a tiny connection in Newton Abbott with Wayne Sleep. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot. Very Were you tiny, there? When I was younger, I did like a Wayne's dance good. thing. Oh, oh, I was thinking of another one. Go on then. I went to a like dance class thing when I was little and still danced, yeah. and Wayne Sleep ran it. I remember that that I met him and did some. All right, I so can't remember much of it, but was isn't that... he from? Isn't he from that area? I do not know. That's a good question. Carry I'm on sure talking. He's from you, Navig, you know, that's a good question. We were spotted. Um, Claire spotted him in the railway tavern one time. Yeah. And Ka- and Garson, he was just basically having a pint, waiting for the train to come. Yeah. I was listening to him. I was in the bath a few weeks ago. And he was on uh, Radio Five Live, right? And um, he was a really interesting chap, actually. Um, I'm sure there's a connection. Um, yeah. yeah, Plymouth. 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 Oh, okay. He's from Plymouth. Born in Plymouth. The Jana. Forget what he was doing. He was doing something. He what? He was giving back something to the you know the industry. Right. And uh, I thought, well, good on you. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. That's good. So, Any anything yeah. else, Darren? I'm only my little tenuous link. I yeah. sat two rows behind him at a dance show many years ago. <laughs> Did you I mean, point out what he was saying ball, wrong? He, he didn't really come up above the seats. It was hard to spot. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I always remember him dancing on show TV shows when I was young. Very cool. talented dancer. But... Yeah, I've seen him twice on the TV recently. One was for. Um... I think it was, a, it was a Freddie Mercury tribute. Um, obviously, Freddie would have turned 75 and Wayne Sleep was on. 
and uh, Freddie did a bit of work with Royal Ballet in the early 80s, yeah. of course, yeah. is the famous video for I Want to Break Free, where he um, he performed with the Royal Ballet. Of course, Wayne Sleep was the, the head of, I believe, Royal Ballet production. Yeah. And then he was on for something else. He's, was it not the exotic Marigold Hotel? Yeah, there was something like that there. He was, always, he was he's actually a really, he came across such a lovely guy. But he is tiny. He's about I'm five sure foot five. On, yeah. I'm sure he was on like Celebrity Big Brother or something as well. Or I'm a celebrity. Get me out of right. here. Yeah. 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 He came across well on that as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's, keep he's talking about Dover keep, is a really genuine chap. Keep talking about Wayne's sleep because I am dreading this. <laughs> well, I think I think on that basis, <laughs> that we should do you out of your misery, Mark. Let, let's yeah. let's move on to your one. All, so glad honestly, Martin is over. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I can't follow Alan's. Alan's at least was it was comedy. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to read Wikipedia verbatim on this one. Uh, well, actually, no, I'll tell you a story. I went to see this uh, particular musical. Um, I hadn't been to one in years. I, I started getting into musicals. In uh, 2004, and the reason I know that was because I was um, I was punted down by RBS many moons ago to work on a project for a year in London, and we all stayed in uh, around Regent's Park, and of course at the weekends I was I was then married at the time, and at the weekends um, my my then wife Alison could come down, she could fly down and uh, see me, and the bank would uh, put us up and they would get us a couple of cheap tickets if you wanted them. For the musicals, so I, I started getting into the musicals then, and there there are so, yeah, there's so well. I, I'd say there were a good half dozen on my list that would have gone could have gone easily into uh, top top two to be honest. But uh, this one was the, was the last musical I saw, and uh, I believe Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh. Um, played the role oh. of Billy Flynn. So and, How and was that kind of gives it? it away. How was he? Yeah, in? he was uh, he was absolutely brilliant because. It was followed up by Martin Kemp, I think, took over the role of Billy Flynn in this particular musical. And um, nothing against Martin Kemp. Nice lad. Very funny on Gogglebox. But uh, he, w- <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't a scratch on the Moon Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. It's almost like the, the role itself uh, was was made for him. It, it, the, so that this um, particular musical came out initially, I think it was 1926, the time of vaudeville um the you know the turn of the 20th century in the u.s you had the charleston kicking about and i think cecil b de mill made a, a, a silent movie of this particular uh, play and then the play went on to become a musical in 1975 making its first um appearance at the west end in 1979 and it petered out a little bit Unlike the likes of the, the mouse trap and what have you, that's just gone on and on and on. And it came back, I think it made a revival in '96. It is, of course, Chicago, and it is my kind of town, and um, it just mixes everything. So it starts off with the kind of the, the vaudevillian Velma Kelly. Um, it's, um, then there's a kind of like a love triangle between her, Roxy Hart, and Billy. And uh, there's there's everything in it there's, there's murder, there's jealousy, there's love. There's a trial, uh, there's eroticism, there's just everything in it that I love. <laughs> um, the, the outfits are fantastic, the women's legs are amazing, and uh, 
I, I, I was just, I was, I was dumbstruck when I came out of it. I just thought, wow, it, it totally whacked me between the eyes. And probably it's, it's going in there as my first because the production, it was in the West End of London. The production of it was just something else. It really was. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's going in there as, um, and you know, you've got some really good tunes. It comes in two acts. You've got all that jazz, cell block tango, and then you've got uh, Mr. Cellophane and uh, I know a girl. Some some we know. Some some we know we'd hear and we'd say, "Ah, oh, yes, of course, that's from Chicago." Some we don't know, but then when we hear it, we go, "Oh, right, I didn't realize it was in Chicago." Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just it's just a great show. If you haven't been to see it. Uh, do go to see it. I think Catherine Zeta Jones was. Um, she was. Yeah. And, she yeah. Played, She was in it as well. She played the role of Delma, didn't she? Yeah. It was her and Bridget Jones. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Renee Zellweger. Zellweger. Yeah. That's her name. I couldn't remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it? Yeah. Did you do it on stage as well, Zeta Jones, or not? I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. So, I mean, I've nothing more to say on that, only that I've been to see it. It blew me away. Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, was amazing in the lead role. I'm sure there are many others that, that um, stole stole the show in other productions, both here and across the pond. But it just so happened that I went to see him on his last ever performance in that role. Oh, wow. And it just made it all the more special. Yeah. What is? That he was brilliant. Mm -hmm. oh, I love Chicago. Remember Great. going there? on the first day we got there, I was in shorts. Right, and the next day, I've never been so cold in my life. <laughs> the snow was um, no, Sounds like no, Edinburgh. No. And this is October. Which I'm theatre was that in? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I've never. I've never that was in that was in the police cells after he was arrested. Yeah, he was, just, he, was, he was just in shorts. That was him doing the cell block tango. Yeah, that's the nearest I've come to watching this musical. Is that just go being go went to Chicago? Yeah, it's a great city. It's a great city. Yeah. I was there twenty eighteen. I think it was. Yeah, I loved it. There's a wee thing just just to digress again slightly. The second biggest. Uh, skyscraper in Chicago was the Trump Tower, and the highest being um, the the Willis Tower. The Sears. See, well, it, yeah, it's kind of it's changed names a few times. It's rebranded. It used to be Sears Tower, now it's, I think it's Willis, but it may have changed again. Anyway, Trump wanted he asked the Chicago authorities he wanted the tallest, uh, and they said no. You can go fish, take fish. a flying after yourself. <laughs> yeah, so. He's always, uh, do you know the way he had this thing at 9-11 that one of his buildings was the tallest in New York? Well, he wanted the tallest in Chicago when they said, no, you can go hang yourself. So there you go. And there's nothing in it. There's nothing in it. And he owes a fortune to, I'll probably, probably label us here, but he does, he owes a fortune to Deutsche Bank on it as well. Um, so there you go. In all fairness, I do know, um, I'm thinking of the, the lies of Manelli, you know, all that. Is that that's cabaret. Yeah. cabaret. 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 Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That's why. I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll edit that bit out. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's easy. It's easily mixed up with cabaret because yeah. all the girls are wearing. Yeah. Yeah. Very different subject matter. Like. 
Yes. Cabaret, yeah. like, if you're going for a fun time, you're a lot more likely to get that with Chicago than Cabaret. Oh, right. Yeah, it gets a bit serious, Cabaret, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. I... Yeah, very good. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and I'll... I'll just withdraw now. No, it's cool. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen it a couple of times. Uh, I've seen the film a couple of times, but I've seen the show a couple of times as well. And it is, it's a real wow show. It's like, yeah, yeah really. Have you seen it, Becky? Yeah, oh. I'm trying to remember when I saw it. I've definitely watched a lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't come up show. as, it's not as common to turn up in the West End as some of the others, I think. No. Or on tour. We don't seem to have it down here very yeah. often. I, I have seen it down here in Plymouth. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. seen it, but I think it's a long time. It's not been back for no, it's, it's a while ago. Years, is it? it's in Torquay. It's, oh, it's, oh, apparently it's in Torquay next month. There you go. Oh, we can arrange a trip. <laughs> we, we can. Yeah. Oh, we should go. We have a podcast outing. Yeah, arrange a trip. Yeah, because it has. Um, yeah. Probably the dog's I'm trying to see when he was. Yeah, it was 20, 2018. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can YouTube it. Right. Uh, on. Cuba Gooding Jr. Just put in right. Cuba Gooding yeah. Jr. Chicago musical, yeah. and uh, yeah, he got he got great reviews, great yeah. reviews when he did it. Yeah, rightly so. Actually, weirdly, I think Marty Pello, I think Wet 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 has played that. Oh um, god, I'm, he's... I'm, well, I'm only mentioning that because he's also played uh, the narrator in Blood Brothers, yeah. which I was talking about a minute ago. He's he I saw him in Jekyll and Hyde, and it completely yeah, put me off him because he was terrible in it. Yeah. And he I think, was. I think I saw him in Blood Brothers, and he was terrible. Yeah, he's not the thing, great. the thing I always remember is Sorry, in no. Jekyll and Hyde. There's a song where it's like a confrontation song between Jekyll and Hyde, and it's like the same actor sings both parts, but Marty yeah. Pello couldn't keep up, so they had a recording <laughs> of the other part. But then he ended up out of sync with it with himself, and it just looked horrendous and sounded horrendous, and was just like the most one of the most awkward things I've ever seen on a stage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. I, I He's got really bad arthritis now. Have you heard oh, that? He no. feels it in his fingers and he feels it in his toes. <laughs> oh, no. oh, dear. Okay. I think we'll move on to some other subject now. Let's move away. Very good. Okay. Like go- I'm going to use that one. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, okay, round two. Becky, you going to do, yeah. do one? Okay. Okay. What I don't got? quite have a prepared statement on it. You don't have but- to. I can go. So you're, 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 you haven't, listen, you haven't been arrested. <laughs> <laughs> so Neither do I. Okay, <laughs> if you have it, that makes Lena feel better. <laughs> yeah, I have written nothing. <laughs> we're, we're like I. That's the thing. I watch a lot of musicals, but just because it's the one I can probably talk about the most and have all the opinions on, is very basic. But I've picked Les Mis, Les Misérables, because oh. it is and absolutely phenomenal show the book is amazing as well and it just has so much depth to it and all the characters are absolutely amazing so it's set during a my well it's set across the course of one man's life called Jean Valjean and it's just kind of the things around him and it goes through one of the minor students revolutions in Paris as well and it follows him and it starts with him having just got out of prison basically um facing spending 19 years for stealing some bread and then trying to escape and then is it 19 years yeah and then um him trying to make something of himself and how that kind of happens and 
like one of the things that abs like the music is um Bouglil and Schoenberg so it's originally written in French but then premiered in English in the UK and is now the longest running musical on the West End it's 30 something years which is wow I can't remember how many we did see the first years you did in the first year yeah just ahead of Blood Brothers. And, uh, yeah, ahead. yeah. Uh, I think Phantom's always been like sl- close behind it as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's I I think one of the things I really love is like with the depths of the character, it has that proper tragedy thing where so many characters it a lot of people die in it, uh, but so many characters do end up dying because they are their characters. And it's that whole thing where like you know, if you swapped a character out into someone else's position, they'd have been completely fine. But it's the nature of who they are and the situations they're in that's done so beautifully. And I think one of the big things I love is how, in the both in the original book and then it shows through in the musical, of Victor Hugo wrote it to be about, a big part of it is on basically using religion to do good. And how you have these characters who are very kind of clearly positioned, balancing each other out, showing how your interactions with the world impact it and you can't just be like I'm doing this because the bible says so and expect good things to happen and so with Jean Valjean it's seen kind of very clearly that he ended up in prison for something that was definitely not worth the time he spent and but after that struggled and tried to make good from himself but the only way that happened was by the intervention of this priest who was highly religious but so did it in a way that was just showing love to people and supporting people and caring people and basically saves Jean Valjean. And then he's kind of, Jean Valjean then goes forward for the rest of the show being religious and using it to a bet. I'm not a religious person, but for some reason I love the way it's told. And then he's balanced out with Javert, who's a policeman who's constantly hunting Jean Valjean, who is also incredibly religious. He was born in a prison and found the only way to kind of rise to any level of success was by becoming a police officer, but was always very much an outsider. And then he very much believes in that whole, I can't remember what the phrase for it is, but if you do good, God will reward you. And if bad things are happening to you, it's because you did bad things. Piousness, is it? Something like that. And then the whole show is kind of them balancing Javert, not giving anyone any support and not never giving anyone any kind of you know, just going, oh, you're starving. Well, you shouldn't be stealing or doing something to support yourself. You should have been doing good things and God would help you. And then the show, there's so much more. I'm very much going yeah. off on a tangent. But no, no, yeah, it's absolutely beautifully done. And even has moments where like Jean Valjean gets too into the like, we have to be strict with like with the, in terms of how he runs. Like he runs yeah. things. And one of the main characters, Fontaine, is impacted by his level of no, you have to follow these rules and that ends up leading to her downfall. Mm. And there's this massive web of characters that I could not even begin to start describing in a way that's coherent. And you've seen it a few times? I have seen it a not insignificant number of times. (laughs) (laughs) All in this country? We're in double figures, I reckon, aren't we? Oh, we are well into double. The thing is, Lamers in the (laughs) West End had the cheapest seats in the house were like £15. So... You could go see if, it a lot. If you want any clues on how to get cheap tickets or same-day tickets, <laughs> yeah. then then message me or Becky and she'll tell you how yeah. to get them. Uh, yeah, I... Is it still on? Yes, it oh, reopened. I know it's not been on, but... Yeah. 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 
it reopened on my birthday this year, 25th oh. September. Right. And it, yeah. it kicked off. I'm just I was just reading up on it while you were telling us, Becky. It, it opened on the on the eighth of October nineteen eighty five. Oh wow. So yeah, it's yeah, long time. Fair time. And it, it's it's funny you mentioned Victor Hugo. Um he he was quite a he was a very religious gentleman. He's actually yeah. been associated, affiliated with um it's a Vietnamese um kind of Christian sort of well, it's it's almost like a hybrid sect of Christianity yeah. and Buddhism uh, called Cow Deism, oh. and and they they actually revere Victor Hugo. Really, his, a his, his preachings and teachings, yeah. So oh, they've wow. got Jesus up there, and they've got Buddhism yeah. there somewhere, but they've got Victor Hugo. That's because I remember I went into the Kool Aid. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say just more because <laughs> like knowing what I know about Victor Hugo. He may have been religious, but I wouldn't say pious is how I'd have described my no. knowledge of his life. Like he yeah. he had so many mistresses and unofficial mistresses that his biographers gave up chronicling them all. And apparently, I know about. <laughs> spreading the word. Apparently, when he died, like brothels closed because they were in mourning, and prostitutes <laughs> laid black cloths over their laps to. <laughs> And like he lived, Brilliant. he lived on Rue Victor Hugo, and insisted people address his stuff as Mister Victor Hugo on his street. Like the man, <laughs> he lived a life. Had an ego the size of his own street. Yeah, uh, to be fair, his work is amazing, and I mean, there's that, there's Notre right. Dame, there's yeah. Grinning Man, like so much stuff, uh, amazing work. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I think uh, we can't sidestep one little aspect about Lamis. Oh yeah, oh. You, you you have? Did you have a personal acquaintance with the film? I oh yeah, I was an extra in the film of Les Mis as well. Oh wow, were you? Fantastic! Yeah. In the scene in the bar, we can catch you in very yeah. Quickly, isn't there's it? a few scenes yeah. where I'm in and I was in Master of the House in that one, yeah. which wow. I I found that hilarious because the I didn't know anything about it and then a bunch of my friends who were massively into the theater at uni went down for the casting open casting call for extras and then I just went along because I'm like why not it's the morning out kill the morning and then out of all of us I'm the only one who was in it for more than like I'm the only one who's really noticeable in it and most of everyone yeah. else was like a beggar in the street or like and brilliant yeah but and tell us the uh... So I just met. Does your name come up? At, sorry, does yeah. your name come up at the end? No, I'm. She's I know, got an IMD page and everything. Now. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was not. Although I did meet Cameron Macintosh because oh, tell of, us the story. One of the extras next to me caught fire a little bit, and then so I we had fire. yeah, like he had a really long coat, and then there were these candles all around, and he'd like lent up like his coat had brushed against it, caught fire. We hadn't fully realised what was going on. And then someone started just like hitting my back and I was really confused. And then I turned around and it was Cameron Macintosh because a bit of fire, like burning stuff was like on me. <laughs> so he was, yeah, putting out fire. On you. Yeah. So, yeah. That... <laughs> well, it's not class. No, it obviously but... you, were on, you were on fire. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he stopped me from catching fire, which really? was... You know... And you shared a scene with... Um... Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman was there. He's very lovely. Sweet. He was really nice. He Every Friday on set, he came around with a stack of scratch cards and gave one to literally like 
everyone on set, like all the cast, all, like all the crew, all the extras. And he'd come around and just do Lucky Fridays and just, yeah, I, it's really cool. <laughs> Don't hate some men. He's got everything <laughs> and he's day. really nice. You were there for more than one day. Yeah, I was there for about two weeks. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's class. Yeah, it was my summer work <laughs> when I was at university. Do you know, um, Becky, when your dad asks us um, to submit our our, our, music, our musicals or our albums, Lemmas was the first I chose. Yeah. I said, I'm sorry, it's already taken. I thought, I'll tell you what, whoever's taken it, they better have a bloody good story. <laughs> um, a good story topped, of 12. Yeah, yeah you've topped from 21 episodes. Uh, that, is, that is fantastic. Yeah, it was on my shortlist too, but I knew I had no chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, know, well, I have class. seen the musical, but I know there was a, a television serialization on a couple of years ago on BBC. Yeah. Oh, the BBC one. Yeah. And I watched all of that. And oh, right. uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah. I, I've heard, obviously, good reports about the, uh, you know, the, um, you know, the theatre presentation. Mm. And it's, if, you know, if somebody said to me, well, look, you know, go to music, I think probably that would be probably top of my list. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed mm. it. And, and and as soon as you said those characters' names, I thought, I can picture them now, and, and him stealing the bread and him getting all that yeah. penance for for doing such a petty crime, and then yeah. uh, I, I'll tell you, Alan. The, before the coloured, the coloured uh, jailer type yeah. policeman type character, I can see him now with his rugged face and beard and <laughs> hatred in his eyes. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I I think I'd really enjoy that. So I think the music sounds as though you know it could be you know really stirring and, and everything. Well, I mean, it's so powerful, even yeah. the, not just the powerful songs, the ballads as well have got so much power. Yeah. Well, my experience was um, before we had these jukebox musicals. It was the first time I came out of a musical thinking I'd been to a gig. Yeah. It was big, powerful, yeah. emotional, and I had all of those great. Uh, don't get me wrong, all musicals, you know, you, you come out and you had enjoyment, but this was the first time it had that energy in it as well. Yeah. It? It just the, I just love all the, like, they have so much depth going on and so many characters, but they do a really good job of, if you've never seen it before and you watch it, you will probably lose some of the threads, but you can still get what's going on and get who everyone is. And then the more times you see it and the more you know about it, you can pick out, like, all of the smaller characters and the people who turn back up and it's really excellent yeah so is the is is it is it sung and the diction is it is it french or is it english it's english there is a french recording there's the so it's a, but the it, i think it was very originally recorded in english in french but i don't know whether it ever had an actual french premiere but the, the Cameron Macintosh then yeah then the West End ah, premiere the, yeah the original French musical premiered in Paris in nineteen eighty it did yeah mm -hmm. with Robert Hossein um he was he directed it yeah. so there, there you go before it came over here then wow. yeah yeah because I think that one of the one of the things is oh, it's referred to as Les, Les Mis and that you know why don't it's a shame people don't refer to it and give it its full yeah 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 full name manage it's... expectations yeah. yeah 
I bet they don't call it Les Mis in France. No. Yeah, it's it's a, a bit like well, can't be no, like the, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, they call mean, it, to be they trendy, call it, I'm going to call it. Oh, I've been, you know, I'm not. <laughs> but, you know. I they call think. it in, in France. They call it Le Brexiteer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd, be, that'd be accurate. If the person, if the original, you know, the you know, the person who's written this piece piece of work wanted to be called Le Mis, he would have written Le Mis. It's Le Miserable, whatever. It yeah, is. No, yeah. That. that's good. I think it. I think it's uh, a bit of disrespect to to call it anything less. Yeah, well I, said. I find that same yeah, similar, similar thing happens with because Victor Hugo wrote Notre Dame. Oh, I love Lamy. Yeah, <laughs> and Victor <laughs> Hugo wrote Notre Dame de Paris as well, which gets translated in English to the Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is also quite disrespectful considering Victor Hugo wrote it for Notre Dame to be the main character, yeah. and it's a very much an ensemble piece. But yeah. every English version, or like the Disney film and the Disney musical, is. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, but then there is a French musical and all the French production. It's always Notre Dame de Paris because that's. Do you blame uh, Charles Lawton and yeah. the film, the film, it's, the original um, film? You know the phrases do what they want, don't they? Yeah, it's fierce rings a bell. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's, one that, that's straight out of Alan's joke. Book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice okay, over to the par household then for number two. Okay. Go, chosen a musical which is a retelling of the Greek myth of Orpheus and Eurydice. Uh, it's called Hades Town. So I can just come a bit closer to the microphone. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's called Hades Town. Okay. It's probably my all-time favourite musical. It's absolutely amazing. The first version was 2006 I think um, in Vermont. So it took 13 years for it to get to Broadway. It didn't come to Broadway until 2018. Um, but when it did, it was like hugely positive reviews. It won eight Tony Awards. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, including Best Musical. It's just absolutely amazing. Um, I just love like the, there's so many genres like within the actual soundtrack. Like there's like jazz, like folk, there's like lots of like classical musicals as well. So I think it's like a really good like gateway musical. Like a lot of my friends who hate musicals, okay. like I've played in this one and they like absolutely love it. Brilliant. And it's meant they listen to like more musicals and actually like start enjoying others because it's so like accessible. Because it's mm. not just like classical like musical ballads the whole time. It's just yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Maybe one Alan should get into that. Like. Yeah. 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 Well, absolutely. I love ballet music. You know. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Lena. Lena, what's it called again? It's just you're a little bit. Away from the microphone. It's called Hades Town. Hades Town, right? Yeah. As in, as in, as in uh, hell, Hades. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's right. It's kind of a Greek myth, so it's like, oh. like, around like, like like Orpheus on the underworld. You were saying. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm gonna look up this. Yes, yeah, yeah. you know, You carry on. I'm gonna just yeah. He's gonna order the vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I've heard bits and bobs of the soundtrack and really like what I've heard, but. I haven't seen it, haven't heard the whole album. And yeah, Nina tells me I should. You should, you definitely should. I will second that. Yeah. Becky, do you want to yeah. give anything on this? It's, oh, Becky, yeah. Oh, I, 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 it's absolutely amazing. It's, I'm really annoyed because it was on at the Old Vic in London and I discovered it about the week after it closed. And then I was there like, I could have gone and seen that live. Like I've seen uh, a, like a number of bootlegs now, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, Brilliant. 
It's so good. Years after it came, I only found out about it last year. Oh, no. um, and my mum told me it had come been in London. I was like, oh my god, how did I miss that? That was I. Was, I was like, how did I miss it? Because it's absolutely stunning. And it's, I love, because a big part of it is that Hades has like turned hell into this like big factory industrialized place and has everyone working. And it's a lot about that, about that kind of up above because it's winter, people are starving. So then he's offering people in hell like work and you know offering food but in the but making them build this big wall to block everyone out and it's that whole people think they're he's tricking people into thinking they're saving themselves when they're not they're just what yeah there's a lot of like stuff about classism and labor and all of that yeah so it sounds like working for the bank you know i I love i love things like that uh you know the the underworld i remember going to see um, name dropping now, Don Giovanni, the opera. Oh, and, uh, I thought you were going to say, I remember going to see The Devil. Of a night coming home on the sauce, I probably have. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he's, looked, he's looked me in the eye and said, no, not not, not this time. Uh, yeah, I, like, I went to see Don Giovanni. This was in uh, Prague, um, Prague uh, Opera House. And um, it was the, I think it was the 250th anniversary of Don Giovanni being uh, actually first performed. Uh, Mozart obviously uh, wrote it all. And uh, it was first performed in Prague Theatre. So it went back to Prague Opera House as well. But uh, that, that whole, if, if it's anything like that, you know, um, mm. taking your, taking the soul from you, it, it, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm intrigued. Oh, yeah. It's the first time I've heard it. I've looked it up. And uh, that's a must okay. when things are back to normal. Well done, Lena. Is it still going? Is it still going in London? It is on Broadway. It's not in. I hope it comes to the West End at some point. Yeah. So I can see it, but it's not here ah, yet. Right. Oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll just all have to head over to New York then. Yeah. Okay. Good uh, trip. As, as, Good trip. Yeah. As you do. How long did it run for on the West End? I don't think it was very long, less than a year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's off West End. It did one of those like limited, like the old Vic limited run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, So there's a chance it could still come. Yeah, hopefully it'll get like a full West End. Depends if it gets. Because of like the reception of it over in New York, I definitely think it'll come over here eventually. And the cast's amazing as well. Yeah. Like. Yeah, even that. Ava Noblezada. Uh, just explain the synopsis again. What the, what are they? Just explain it again. Well, it's um, well, it's a retelling of Orpheus and Eurydice, the Greek myths. Um, but it's like a bit. I think it's a bit modernized. Well, it is modernized. Um, and Beck explained it well with yeah. like the factory. So, yeah. So are you sort of like selling your soul? Yeah. So the, yeah. the the kind of core of it is Eur- like Eurydice selling her soul down, going down to hell, and then Orpheus going down to find her. Basically, is like yeah. the kind. But then Hades and Persephone are there. So and there's all different. Oh, uh, like going down to Hades Town. Persephone, she, <laughs> she's the queen. She's yeah. the queen of the underworld. Persephone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking. Uh, like a variation on um, it was uh, uh, Doctor Faustus by 
Christopher Marlowe, is, is it? Yeah. Is it? That where he sort of sells him his his soul to the devil, doesn't he? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I, I, I only think, know that, Bentley, but it sounds like that sort of Don Giovanni did yeah. the same thing. It's yeah. a bit. Yeah. I'd say it's a bit less damnationy than Faustus. Like Doctor Faustus yeah. is kind of him selling his soul and kind of right. descending, whereas Orpheus and Eurydice, the kind of core of it is Orpheus and Eurydice's relationship. It's like a love story, basically. Just a, ah, right. Like, yeah. You're right, Alan. Yeah. I'm, You're right. I'm, There's I'm, a love I'm, story. I'm just, I am uh, really wanting to see this. This sounds absolutely... Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And, and, you, and Lena, you saw it in Vermont. I wish. <laughs> that would be um, good if yeah. she hasn't seen it either. I've watched yeah. many, like, YouTube versions. But I've never oh, actually seen the full musical, sadly. <laughs> One, well, day, One day, your time will come. Well, Becky Absolutely. Lena, thank you. Um, yeah. Alan, the bit you've been waiting for, your second choice. Yeah, do I have to? <laughs> come on, oh, you got to well, get your um, book of love out. This is, a bit, this is a bit of a cheat, this one, really, but it is a musical, you know, it is a musical. Are you don't um, sound convinced. <laughs> hmm? You don't sound convinced. It is. Well, I think it's a mute. Well, it's got musical in the title, so it must be. Awesome. Right. So, anyway, this is about the alien invasion from Mars through the eyes of humanity in the late 1890s. Oh, we know what it is. Yes. Yeah. Great choice. So do I, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, um, but this actually is a reimagining of the uh, 1978 concept uh, of the 1918-98 novel, The War of the Worlds, by H.G. Wells. And if you haven't guessed it by now, the original was... Uh, uh, the musical version, Jeff Wayne's musical version of The War of the Worlds. Yeah. But I'm talking about Jeff Wayne's musical version of The War of the Worlds, The New Generation, yeah. um, which is a stage show. Um, I actually went to see at Wembley Arena in on the 6th of December 2012. I know that because I've still got the ticket. Nice. Um, if you know the original album where this started from um it, it, the music is predominantly as dave would say prog rock um and with spring orchestra as well but the um new version that came out the next generation has got a massive um dollop of synths in it and it's just jazzed up really um it's um the story as i say is it's about the, the invasion of um uh, aliens um to planet earth and predominantly um just south of london really um in horsham so I said, oh there we go dave's down showing it Oh, watching it, oh, viewers watching in black and white. Dave is actually showing the album version. Oh, and yeah. um, 
I'll just show him one back. So I've got one. You've got one. Yeah. I've got my original. Um, yeah. You show him yours and he'll show you. Oh, right. Okay. Then right. I'll raise you. I'll you box that. Raise you the, sev the um, deluxe. Sev oh, look at that. Oh, nice. Real progged. Oh, I love that one, Alan. That's got yeah. that's got to be one of the best album covers oh, that there's there's ever been. It's so it, it reminds me a bit of, I don't know, I'm Queen Daft. It reminds me a little of uh, News of the World, 1977. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, got that it's... real apocalyptic look about it. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, it's, as I say, the original version, uh, but, the, you know, Jeff Wayne decided that he wanted to bring a more sort of up-to-date, because he was saying um, the... Um, what what you had around at the time in order to produce this album, things have moved on, you know, within the, the period since. What you could do with, you know, pieces of music and and re-record them and re whatever you wanted to do with this stuff in the studio, it just moved on. Um, but it wasn't just that, you know, they, as I say, it was taken on to a stage show, just like the original version had been done as well as a stage show. Uh, Jeff Wayne then introduced this new generation version and the album version of course contains fantastic you know you know Gary Barlow you know on it you know yeah. I mean him if any could body could write a song then that's Gary Barlow and I think that's why Jeff, Jeff Wayne you know wanted him in it to make to make some maybe the subtle changes yeah. you know with the with the um with the arrangement um but the story is very much, you know, the, the individual characters expressing their feelings as how they're dealing with this, you know, this invasion. You know, you know when it starts off, it's um, I can't imagine, you know, how how the how people would have felt when you've got these things pummeling into Earth and you're not really knowing. You know what was what was happening these bright stars and etc but um yeah the characters um you've got the the main character is is the journalist um that was originally in in the record the original recording was of course by richard burton um in this uh, second version the new generation it was liam neeson and just like um you know the, the the first version of the stage show. Um, they they obviously don't appear live. Richard Burton couldn't because um, he'd unfortunately passed away. Uh, and so Liam Nielsen appears as a hologram as the journalist. And um, the journalist also has, if you like, another character, um, which are the thoughts of of him, which, which they're actually sung sung by somebody else uh and in the st the short the, the stage show that i saw it was morty pello and the original was done by justin hayward um, the artillery man he's an everything uh, yeah the artillery man originally um david essex david essex uh was played by ricky wilson yeah um from Kaiser Chiefs, the, yeah. from the Kaiser Chiefs. Oh. Um, obviously, he's been uh, been on 
featured on television a lot in recent times. We're um, on The Voice. And um, uh, I must admit, I don't really like a lot of these TV reality shows, but I did uh, often, you know, tune into tune to that. Um, and of course, uh, Tom Jones is on there. That's not unusual. <laughs> and um, the voice of humanity, uh, Will Stapleton played it on the stage show. It was Chris Thompson originally. And now getting down to um, one of the, the great characters on the on the on the original playing pass and Nathaniel, the great Phil Linnett, who, as you guys know, I've met. Um, <laughs> we were lucky to meet uh, one time uh, in the stage show, um, played by uh, Jason Donovan. I love Jason Donovan. He's a fantastic actor. Um, you know, I can remember watching him in Neighbours, and I was one of the original Neighbour fans. Used to watch it yeah, every yeah, lunchtime when I was in the in the bank. There was nothing else on in those days. You had to watch it. Oh, see, so I go days, and watch it. Yeah, it was it, it was brilliant. <laughs> Mrs. Mangle and all that. I never thought I'd sit, I'd never thought years ago when I met you that you'd be sitting here talking shade about Jason Donovan, <laughs> and Mrs. Mangle, and neighbours like. 25 years later. <laughs> 35 years later. <laughs> 35. There was oh nothing God. else to do in your lunch hour but have your sandwiches, play darts and watch Neighbours. <laughs> I went into the wrong job. There was a pub. Yeah. Didn't you go to the pub? Hmm? Oh, that's Friday. Only on a, yeah, on a yeah, Friday. Yeah, we used to go to the pub. We used to go to the Only pub. on a Friday. Neighbours would be on in the background. Yeah. Anyway, the Parsons wife, originally Julie Covington. Remember her? Yeah, from uh, Rock Follies, uh, uh -huh. a great rock series. You know, in the late, I don't know, in the seventies, mid mid seventies, seventy six. Yeah. yeah, brilliant with um, Rula Lenska, Dennis Waterman's. Yeah, Rula Lenska. Yeah. Um, now played by Kerry Ellis, uh, but the for me the the the. The thing that carried it all was was Jeff Wayne himself. Mm. He 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 conducts. He's up there. He's conducting, conducting the Black Smoke Band on this occasion, and they that their their playing is phenomenal. You've got Chris Bedding on guitar, uh, Herbie Flowers on bass. I remember, and, yeah. And, yeah. Do you know Herbie Flowers played the fame? He wrote. Granddad for Clive Dunn. <laughs> but the, man should, the, the, man, the, the man should be incarcerated for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I think he has. Um, dreadful, it's it's a, such a spectacular show. And of course, anybody who goes to see this, they know all the words. Yeah. Uh, everybody's joining in, but it's all done on a massive, great stage. Wembley Arena, you know, uh, you know the stage is massive. And the, the 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 projections, the the the, the light work, the, and it's all coming at you in like um, surround sound. The music is powering through your body, and of course, it's got some fantastic songs like "Forever Autumn," uh, "The Spirit of Man," "Brave New World." I mean, I'm not forgetting just the, the underscore that goes through the whole of of the album, and. 
they've got um, they had the stage yard this fantastic massive fighting machine you know like we've seen on the oh, this, the this is the program from it uh a fighting machine if you can see that and, yeah. but this yeah, yeah program signed there by um jeff jeff Wynn. Oh, oh, Jeff Wayne, yeah. Oh, come nice. on, come on, Thunder Child, which is the boat that um, they oh. get on when they're trying to get away from the fighting machine. It's a fantastic, the whole thing about Warner Worlds is just phenomenal. I love it. I've got, in, I, I, I'll never tire of it. And uh, I'd really encourage anybody to, to either listen to the, to the musical recorded versions or try and go and see the the stage show because you won't see anything like it and you laugh. Yeah. Right. You know, I was really pleased over lockdown Alan, because you know there was always sites popping up that were showing live West End shows from past years and I saw yeah. this very tour um, over lockdown on TV sitting at home and it was the same one with Ricky Wilson and everybody in and it was stunning. I really wanted to go and I did never got to go and see it. But zoom to my living room, it was just amazing. And yeah, you're right. Jeff Wade's so energetic up there, isn't he? You know? Yeah. He goes He's up there, there conducting it. Well, it's fun. Yeah. It's great. Theme. He could have just sat up, paid somebody else to do that. Or not even like tip, you know. Yeah. But, he yeah, still wants brilliant. to be part of it, doesn't he? Brilliant. I've even got some of their part of the props. Uh, all right that they were using that you know this like they just all come in for the tempest yeah, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant that was brilliant yeah. and, and then forever autumn they had this machine chucking out autumn leaves and you got so this is for me is, you could just it's brilliant oh, look. i love that just for, those, nice for those watching in black and white, Alan's showing yeah. up uh, autumn leaves. Yeah. Yeah. As and, now, and, now, and now the weather. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. There's my ticket. Brilliant. Yeah. Went, yeah. went with my son, and, you know, um, we had a great evening and uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. So I don't know if that's a cheat, but for me, that's a musical. Definitely, definitely not a cheat. No, yeah. I think we're all behind you on that one. That's well in. Mm -hmm. and, and is it still on the go? I mean, they mind. do it from time to time. Like, they definitely go around. I think. I think it goes around again. Doing the original there was, version. There was a version with Liam Neeson on for a while, and I swear that... Carrie Hope Fletcher was in it at one point. I'm trying to. Oh, did she? Yeah, like on the last tour. Seth took me to see it at the O2. I'm just yeah. trying to remember who was yeah. who was the narrator. I thought it was Liam Neeson. From time to time. Yeah, yeah, and but I mean, it's just a fantastic show. Whoever sang it, um, sorry, whoever performed it, they always it's such a very, very well drilled show, and the the, the, I hadn't the actually thought. Yeah. The pyrotechnics and everything that goes on is is just awe inspiring. It's just it's such yeah. a great Show. rendition. Yeah, 
Yeah. So I hadn't really thought about going, but it was a present bought for me by the kids. And I went with Seth and you're right. I mean, it's just, just a great, uh, it's, it's a show. So yeah, it's a fully qualifies. Yeah. So it's an experience. Yeah. It's when you come out and you're, you're better for it. Um, in case any of the listeners are shouting out Herbie Flowers, he has given a somewhat better contribution than Grandad. He did the base. He did the baseline for Walk on the Wild Side. Oh, I like yeah. Grandad. I prefer Grandad. All, all, all is forgiven. All is forgiven. Has he redeemed himself? Yeah. He has. He has. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we'll give him that. Excellent. We bought that on Saturday. In, yes. um, yeah, oh. didn't we, Daz? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. The HMV special of Transformer. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Okay, seven down, one more to go. Mark, you're up. Oh, here we go. Well, this this out of all of them has to be the worst. It is it is easily classed as shite. Um <laughs> The Guardian <laughs> The Guardian wrote that the premise uh quote unquote, right, it really is as sixth form as it sounds, called the production ruthlessly packaged and manufactured. And they opined that the sometimes funny libretto exists mainly to devise more unlikely ways to write out another song. And I I actually, when I went to see this, two really good friends, uh, Siobhan and Gillian, I was down in London, and they got me a ticket for it. And I went to it, and I actually came out thinking um yeah it was good it was fun um but, but it wasn't fantastic however as the years have gone by <clears throat> i've kind of grown to 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 like it and love it because it's um it's a bit of a legacy of a of a kind of great um a great bunch of guys uh if you haven't guessed it by now uh it's it's actually despite that criticism it's the 11th longest running musical in the west end uh, which is hard to believe. And it's been on tour all over the UK, all over North America. It has won, I think, the Laurence Olivier Award for the most popular show as well. And it's a story about how the world lost music 300 years ago. And two characters called Galileo and Scaramouche. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> go, go to, oh, it's a giveaway. Uh, kind of save the world. And uh, there's a nasty guy called Kasogi. Um, Kasogi's named on one of uh, their albums, 1989, The Miracle, called Kasogi Ship. He's also a multi-millionaire. Anyway, it is it is We Will Rock You. It is a proper jukebox musical, um, but some great guys behind it. I mean, Ben Elton, who was behind so many uh, great comedy writing, such as uh, you know The Young Ones, and he, I think he was in Blackadder, mm. involved in Blackadder as well. And then it's been choreographed by the great Arlene Phillips as well. Um, to me, to me, it's it is special because as the years have gone by and and, and uh, I've become more attached to things that are cheesy Queen, whereas at the time I thought this is absolutely diabolical, <laughs> and I thought it was Brian May and Roger Taylor making making a quick buck, but it has gone on to do great things. I've seen it in in London. Uh, I've seen it at the, the Dominion. And I've seen it also in Edinburgh in the Playhouse, and it, it, it's so bad it's good, you know. It's not it's not up there with Les Misérables or it's or Chicago or any any of the others that have been named tonight. But 
there's just something a wee bit special about it. Yeah. I hope they never do it again. I don't want them to ever do so, anything like this again. Just leave it as it is. And I just hope it kind of plays out its, its time quietly. You know, it's not going to go on like the mouse trap or anything like that. So that's my, my, my predictable second choice. I promise the listeners that my next two, if we are to have another two, uh, they're not going to be as predictable as that one. But I'll put it in there more out of, uh, well, predictability. Yeah. Not to disappoint anyone. No. Absolutely, yeah. I could do it, number one. We will rock you again. Can we go? <laughs> I'm already right for that. You know, it, do, do you know what? Do you know what's absolutely? Do you know what's lazy about the the storyline? Um, they they choose the the character names are from obviously uh, song lyrics, Queen lyrics, or song song titles, and then what they do is they try to kind of do this kind of chronological effort with the songs. And there's nothing original about it. <laughs> shoehorn them in. Queens. Yeah. They shoehorn them in. And it's almost like uh, the, the, the song itself is running perpendicular to the, <laughs> to the script. And it just, it's like, well, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, so, this, this was my point earlier about jukebox musicals. I've seen yeah. that one as well. I, I actually won a trip with work to go and see that one and stay in London for the night. Um, I yeah. said, my wife. And I left, and the next day I couldn't really remember anything that had happened in it. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those. It's, it's like I, it's I like the music, obviously. Yeah, it's like they're making their way. That the final bit is, you know, they've they've lost music three hundred years. Uh, kids aren't allowed to listen to music. It's all radio gaga, blah blah blah, right? Yeah. So so what happens is they they make they're making their way to the I guess the Acropolis that is Wembley Stadium. It's all you know. Um, you know, it hasn't been used in 300 years, and they're making their way there. And suddenly, instead of walking it, they find a bicycle. <laughs> Q, Q, Q bicycle race. Utter shite. You know, yeah. You're sitting there going, I, I, you know, I love this band, but this is crass. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's in, it's in there. It's in there because it's just, I don't know, it's something you got to go see. If, if you're a a massive fan like myself and you love their songs you've got it you like you've to got hear it, it. Yeah. yeah you like you like to hear it all blasting around your ears and it's got to be in there yeah nice one yeah. good choice I, I think yeah. no it's not <laughs> <laughs> do you know what it is it is a yeah. good choice it's a, you can yeah. go and watch it and just enjoy the music can't yeah. you absolutely here here absolutely darn I think one thing I love about a lot of the jukebox musicals, like We Will Rock You, Bad Up, How Does It as well, where it's just taking these already amazing songs and going, we're going to shove a load more orchestration and arrange them for more voices and make them bigger and louder. And even like the originals are still amazing. It doesn't make, but it's just a different fun. Like you said, you just go there and you don't really care about the plot, but it's a really yeah. fun evening and you love the yeah. music and get to sing along with a bit of karaoke yeah you know all the words. it is it's yeah. exactly that that's exactly that it's like a big bombastic karaoke yeah that's what it is just like a night out at Les Miserables yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Les Mis has the finale where everyone gets to stand up and join in and wave glow sticks about <laughs> no, no. mood killer <laughs> That, that that was a good part. That was a good part uh, when you know when you all get up to to. I mean, Alan and I have been to see. Well, I, I don't know who else has been to see Queen, but um, I've seen Queen and Adam yeah. Lambert, and they all get it's very involved, mm-hmm. as is the musical, and the music nails it. It nails it in that regard. 
um, but Ben Elton must have been having an off day. I, I think it originally had, I, th- I think back in the 90s, I think it was um, Queen's uh, Jim Beach, who was their manager at the time. Mm. And it was after, obviously, Mercury died in 91. They thought, oh, this would be a great idea. And and to me, to the kind of diehard Orthodox Queen fan, it was just like, oh, this is such a money spinner. Yeah. But then friend, friends gave me tickets and the rest is, the rest is history. Yeah. That's it, you know. I think it's one of those. Well, I think the heart was in the right place. They knew you were a big fan, so. Yeah, absolutely. Oh no, I mean, do you know what? If, it, it was it was one of the loveliest uh, gifts. It, it was obviously it was September back in, oh, it would have been two thousand seven, I think it was, and um, I, I well actually no, it could have been later. I'd gone through a bit of a bit of a crap time in life, and um, you know they said get yourself down to London, and let's see a West End show, and I'm thinking, oh great, a West End show. Um, okay, fair enough. Um, I'm thinking Lion King, Chicago, Le, Le, Le Miserables. I'd love to have seen. Song and uh, Dance. Wayne Sleep. Song and Dance. Yeah, Wayne Sleep. And it was, it was, it was. We will rock you. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was good fun. It was good fun. Yeah. It, it, it certainly cheered me up that that uh, weekend. Guys, yeah. great show. We've done it, haven't we? We're halfway. We have. We're halfway. I, that's good for us. We might do this in two takes. <laughs> I think. I, I, I think. I think Lena and Becky should come back. I think. Yeah. I think Paige might be coming back. Paige might be joining us for the next one. Okay. I mean, I always have suggestions. If not, I have an endless list. <laughs> A very long list. Brilliant. So yeah. can we thank it's, both yeah. Lena and Becky for for joining us? Yeah. Made us better yeah. for it. Okay. Thank you, girls. Many thanks. It's nice to have a bit of a, a, a the, the intelligentsia in here for for a wee change. <laughs> Love it, guys. Nice to give them yeah. a few, um, few. I'll try and drag Charlotte along for the next one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. snaps like later next time. I'm gonna I'm gonna drive down to Liverpool and get my aunt Arini. Yeah, do it. <laughs> That'd be good. Get her from the review. What's that? Oh, no, she's from no, she's from the posh bit. She's from Whirl. Whoa. None of that. Yeah, yeah. Is that right, a so an hour round trip for you, is it? Something like that? That would be, yeah, it'd be about eight, eight, eight and a half hours, yeah. Oh, let's do it. Yeah, get her in. Yeah, no bother. Not no easy bother. to just send her the link. <laughs> 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 yeah. Outside, outside broadcast, Alan. That's what it used to be called. <laughs> yeah. The OB. <laughs> nice. Guys, that's going to be a wrap. Let's say goodbye and we'll meet up again next time. Thank you all. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers, Lena. Cheers, Becky. Bye. Bye.